time to get down. You're now entering the no flodging zone. Welcome to the no flodging podcast. Brought to you by the bad guy radio. There will be no capping, no flodging alive. I now present your host, Asinine, Dre, Justin, and King Matt. Kick your feet up, put your headphones in, as these fellas give you nothing but raw, uncut truth. This could be that blue magic, so don't overdose. What up? It's another episode of the No Flodging Zone. It's your boy Justin, aka I've been Jay Targaryen for like two weeks, and I found out that the blue check mark that I paid for on Twitter it only stays if I keep my profile picture and my name the same. So I got to be Jay Targaryen for the rest of my Twitter career. Uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping now. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of fanned out. I got my boy. Dan Goodwin, a third of the three kings of the Midway, uh, avid Bears fan, fucking aficionado of the Midway. Dan, what's going on, G? Man, nothing much, man. I appreciate y'all having me in. Um, oh, yeah. I got to give y'all a shout out too, man. The the, the introductions, uh, they so dope, man. I like this one. I like, of course, Smoke Room. Y'all do y'all thing, man. I like that. Oh, I appreciate that, Dan. Sure. I really do. Now, uh, I got your grace, King Mac on the mic tonight and then we got fucking asinine tonight so this is the original black guy radio i don't know if dead beat dre gonna show up he said he's gonna be fucking late i don't know i'm light-skinned sometimes people withhold the truth when talking to me now dan like i mentioned before you are one of the three kings of the midway and i regret to inform you this is not a chicago bears conversation this is about the fact that those fucking swine you call the Chicago Cubs sign my boy Dan Dansby Swanson. And I'm kind of tied to not because I like Dansby, Dan. I like yeah. it. But now he plays for the Cubs. I'm sick to my fucking stomach right now, bro. Yeah, man. You know, we, you know, it's all good, man. We 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 got plenty of um seats in Wrigley if you want to come see him play whenever. You know what I mean? I can find you tickets, whatever you want. Um, make sure they're not behind a fucking bean. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some. We got some that's behind the bean. I, I, I put people there on purpose. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do that on purpose. But it's all good though, man. We got a, we got a nice, uh, a nice piece. He wasn't the, the top piece in the, uh, in the situation, the free agency. But you know, it's a good piece. I think it was cool. Seven year deal is what, what uh they went with, and I'm cool with that. I, you know, I don't want to see eleven or thirteen years, so. Seven year, one seventy seven. I'm cool with it. Now, Dan, I'm not gonna lie. Like I just said, I like Dansby Swanson, but when you look at his 2021 and 2022 season, the home runs and the RBIs was inflated. Do mm-hmm. you think that he was playing for a bag, or that's who he was? Because the power didn't show up like that early in his career, and all of a sudden, when it's time for the nigga to get paid, now you see the pregnated home run and RBI total. What do you think that come from? I think that just comes from playing the game. You know what I mean? Um, you know, a lot of people could say that. You could say he was trying to get the bag or whatever. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that just comes from being in the league, um, establishing yourself as a young player. And in baseball, I mean, let's be real. You hit your prime at the age of, what, 27, 28, 29, 30. That's your prime years. Everything else is learning. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got some people that are ahead of the game when they're 23 years old, a la Juan Soto. That's uh, Asinine's homeboy. Um, you know, he's he's got a good eye for it. So, you know, you could argue that he's not even in his prime yet because he's only 23, right? So yeah. that's the way I look at it. I look at it as, you know, he's now entering his prime. You know what I mean? He put on some, put on some, you know, brought some power with him this the last couple of years. And to me, if you can do that over a stretch of 300 plus games, that's not a, that's not an aberration. That's not, that's not just because he decided to do it. You know what I mean? That's just him coming into his own and kind of establishing himself as a player. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, we've seen it in Vanderbilt with Dansby. Like, he can hit the ball over somebody's fucking fence. That's not that's not out of the realm. It's just when you get on fucking Twitter and then you start comparing, you know, Dansby to, you know, a, a, a shortstop that won a batting title, Tim Anderson, then you start to see there's a separation in the offensive game. Because look at – just look at the numbers that Dansby compiled. Those are 700 OPS seasons on top of career home run season. That lets you know right there that that's a red flag for the production. Like, you can project Tim Anderson to be a walking 310, you know, 400 on base probably, slug at least 450. He's going to walk and do that. Yeah, never, he's never he's never hit 300. You know what I'm saying? That's not That's not what he's there for. He's there more so for his defensive prowess, right? He's he's a excellent fielder. He's in the 100 percentile when it comes to fielding shortstops. So that's yeah. basically what his game is predominantly based on. Now the bat and the offensive stuff, you know what I mean? He's coming into his own with that. So you know, I'm I'm saying he's trending that way, and I want to see him continue trending that way, right? I don't want to see yeah. him fall down, of course. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. You take it, you take it for what it is. And, um, yeah, ones could argue that people could argue that, but like I said, man, 300 plus games, you know, he played 162 games last year, played 160 the year before 25, one year, 27, the other year in home runs, 96 RBI, you know, all-star game, you know, batted 277, you know, gold glove. These are things that, that, that you can build. Around, right? You could put him in there and say, okay, this is going to be our shortstop for the next five to seven years. Let's build some guys around him and see what we got. Yeah. Dan, like you just said, you said a lot of good things about Dansby Swanson. And it's actually disrespectful to Bad Guy Radio because we're we're a Sox family, a White Sox family. And you get up here capping in the name of the Swanson. So I'm going to go to my guy, Asinine, who have a very different perspective on Lieutenant Dansby. Yeah. I mean, I like I like Dansby as a player and I think the deal that y'all gave him could be a steal, but there's definitely a world where he falls back to reality. I mean, he's only had one season where he's had where he hasn't been a league average hitter or below, and that was this past year, every other year than that. He's had a ninety nine OPS plus and it's gone as low as sixty eight. Like so, he couldn't even get a no, sixty nine. He's sixty eight. Indeed, like 
<laughs> so he's he's no he's no fucking shoeing. I mean, he has the he has eh, one of the best gloves at shortstop in baseball. He's one of the few guys that can actually play it. So I give you that. But I mean, I mean, if 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 he if he gets it together and this is where he stays, hell yeah, great fucking signing. But I I don't know. And are you are you really okay with him hitting one? I mean, not hitting. Uh, striking out 182 times only to give you 25 home runs. Are you really okay with that? Because that's not that's not enough home runs to supplement for 182 strikeouts. I mean, it's a lot of strikeouts, but you know, I'm I'm good with it. You know, the 25 25 home runs, 27 the year before, 167 strikeouts the year before that. So, you know, everything is not based on numbers. I, I, I say this all the time, man, but, um, you know, I can respect where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from. But at the same time, the numbers are what they are, right? And 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 everything is not based on that. You got to factor in a lot of different things. And like I said, the biggest thing for him, the biggest thing for us is him coming over here. You got a gold glove shortstop now in Dansby Sponson. You got Nico Horner who's moving over to second base. And he is a gold glove runner up for, for gold glove, right? So now you got arguably the best infield, you know, middle infield. Dan, in would the, you, Dan, in would the you league. say, would you say Dansby Swanson is the best player on your team right now? No, I got to see, I got to see, I got to see how the season goes first. I, I can't step uh, up. Before spring training, who do you think is the best player then? If you can't say it's Dansby off rip. Before spring training starts, I mean, I would yeah. I would say Dansby is Dansby is probably the number one, the number one player um, there right now. He's the most known. He's the most. He's probably the most decorated, right? So you put him you put him in that spot. Um, we're we're yet to see what Seiya Suzuki can do. I think he's gonna he's gonna take off as well. Um, he played so well yeah last year. He just got injured. You know what I mean? He broke his arm or broke his wrist. Yeah, he broke his wrist. Biden sliding in a second base one time and, you know, he missed some games and had to come back and kind of reestablish himself. So him coming over from Japan, I think he's a, he's, he's going to be a consistent player for us. Um, You know, so you got a couple of players out there, man, that, 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 you know, can definitely do some damage and do some things and hopefully keep us competitive at least. Can I be perfectly honest with you, Dan? Go ahead. There's a bigger chance of Dansby Swanson providing you with a Yoan Moncada year than him mm. being returning to his 2022 seat form. You said he's he, it's a bigger chance of him doing that. Yes. You believe that? 188 strikeouts for a guy that's only going to hit 20 home runs. It, it seems like he ran into a couple. Uh, I dis, I'm, I'm going to say this. Here you I go disagree. with this shit. And the reason I disagree <laughs> there you because... Go. Joan Mankata did what, like two twelve last year? I don't know, somewhere around there. He had a batting average of two twelve. I believe he hit like twelve to fourteen home runs. I don't know what his RBIs was, but I don't see Swanson having that type of year. And I think uh what, Joan Mankata slug less than four hundred. I think his OPS was was his OPS less than six hundred? I don't know. I would have to go look. And see. Make it, it to the like, point. It was like six sixty eight. Six sixty eight. Okay. Well, still horrible. Uh, my point is, and I'm not a I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm a Cubs hater. Of course, I dislike the Cubs. I have <laughs> pure disdain for them. Don't like them at all. 
As a matter of fact, I will piss on their grave, but of course, they will never. Damn! Die. But uh, <laughs> so disrespectful. But I'm, just, I'm just saying. What the fuck is this? Tales from the hood. Uh, you gonna piss I, on his grave? Yeah, I will piss on their grave. I would absolutely do that. But uh, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I think they made the best signing of the shortstops, and I will tell you why. I don't personally think Carlos Correa is worth 300 million. He's a guy that never had a well. 30 he's home. a third baseman, so well they is moving to third now. But he's a guy that never had a thirty home run season. I actually like Trey Turner uh, better than him, if you ask me, uh, especially offensively. But with Swanson, I mean, the Cubs get value there. I think they gave him what, not even two hundred million. What was it? hundred right. Yeah, something like that for seven years. That's a pretty solid number for a defensive shortstop. A guy that could possibly give you 20 home runs a year, probably bat around like 270, have an OPS around 760. That's pretty solid for that. I mean, he's the second best shortstop in Chicago, of course, because TA is better. That shouldn't even be a debate. Second best shortstop in his division. That's that's a debate. It's a debate, all right. I told you that too, Asinine, you know what I mean? But you wouldn't listen. I'm glad you finally looked at the numbers and came around. And now that I've looked at it, I agree. You he's know. a second best shortstop in Chicago, and he's a he's a second best shortstop in his division. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> and he's getting paid the most out of all. Of them. Ain't that some shit? Yeah, but I, I think they <laughs> got together. The, I think they got the best value, though. I'm not gonna lie and hate on that. As far as just because these numbers to me are ridiculous. You know what I mean? I know you got inflation now. I know you got different times, but. You're talking about Alex Rodriguez got $250 million or something like that from the Texas Rangers, and this guy was close to a 300 hitter, a guy that can hit 40 home runs, drive in 100 guys. 50 home runs. Yeah, yeah, 50 home runs, and drive in 100 guys consistently. I mm-hmm. I just, to me, I can't see paying somebody $300 million who can't give you 30 home runs, not capable of consistently giving you a 900 OPS season, I'm not paying a guy three hundred million for that. So well, you got to look at you got to look at you got to look at Correa, right? I, I wanted Correa, and one of the reasons I wanted Correa is because I felt like he could he could do some work with with um, the younger players, batters, help them uh, get a better eye for the game, right? In the batters box, things like that, because it's things that he does in the batters box that's really good, and he knows how to hit. Two ninety one batter, he only hit twenty two home runs. He only has like sixty four RBIs. So if you look at his numbers and compare them to you know Swanson's, his his numbers are pale in comparison, right? In my opinion, but at the same time, you know, Swanson brings the glove that we wanted, the defense that we wanted. You have in 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 Chicago, we have contact pitchers, right? Pitchers that pitch to contact. Mm-hmm. So when you have pitchers that pitch to contact, we need defensive guys behind them. Mm-hmm. So Dansby Swanson coming. It's more. It's more of him being a defensive guy than than him bringing this powerful bat to the lineup. The bat that's icing on the cake, in my opinion. We I like what he, I like what he's bringing to the table. And and you know I'm gonna call you guys out on it. You know Justin Asinine, um, we had conversations about this before where you said you know Nico Horner's a good 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 shortstop. He's got a glove. He's got defense and everything like that. But he can't hit nothing but ten home runs. So he ain't now, twenty. Look, you don't pay twenty five million dollars for a glove. 
He better no. He has to do shit with his bat. Period. I get it. I, I get 25. it. But I'm 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 saying I, I get that. But what I'm saying is now that you got a guy that's coming in and he hit 25 last year, he hit 27 the year before. To me, that's a trend. Like I said, that ain't no you know dropping. You know he he just caught lightning in a bottle one day and started hitting home runs. You did. I got him at 16 over 300 games. Six over 300 games. Nah, he gonna hit. He hit 20 easily. It's one easy. In, in he go, he bro, gonna hit twenty, but are the doubles are gonna be there? Are the, the strikeouts gonna still be gonna be sky fucking high? One hundred seventy strikeouts. You look at his doubles. You look at his doubles. Even with less less plate appearances early on in his career, he was hitting 23, 25, 26. He had thirty three and then thirty two. That's not good. Thirty three and then thirty two. I'm just saying that's that's not bad either though. It's not terrible. So it's like it's like whatever. Yeah. But but it's what I'm average. saying is that when you when you have like I said, the biggest portion of his game is the defensive side. We got pitchers that pitch to contact. You gotta have guys that can gobble up the the ground balls. You gotta have it. Yeah, I mean he's, a, he's, he's a Gold Glove caliber shortstop. He's also a World Series winning shortstop. So you you had that going. I think he like I said. I think you guys got the best value as far as the shortstop goes. You know this off season, but is it the big name of the no. shortstops that was available? When you're talking about Trey Turner and Carlos Correa, no. But as far as value wise, I think you guys got the better of the value because you you're not giving him eleven, twelve, thirteen years, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen years. You're giving him seven years, and you're only and paying one seventy seven or whatever the number was. So I don't think it was a bad deal at all. And this from somebody who. Totally dislike the Cubs, hate them. I think they disgusting, but it's a good deal, man. I'm not gonna. He's say also, it's fun. a good deal. It's just high, high, high risk. He's he's also the youngest too. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's a risk. Every free agent signing is a risk, but if you ask me as far as value goes, it's pretty solid value for for those guys. You know, to they could be paying him twenty five million, and then next year we're looking back at his numbers, and he had a, and he had a ninety eight OPS plus. <laughs> that world exists, I and mean, that's not even me hating. That world definitely fucking. I mean, exists. it's possible, but you just got to look at look at how it helps the entire squad because Nico is going to slide over the second. We already know he's a solid defensive player. You got Swanson at short, so up the middle they pretty set defensively. You know what I mean? And I mean, Nico, I don't want to hear any White Sox fans complaining about Nico, especially the ones who are treating this Andrew Benettini signing like it's something important because of whatever acronyms they want to throw out using metrics. It's the, pro, it's the fucking pronouns. Yeah. Woba. Uh, you know, I don't understand. Woba. WRC plus, WOBA. All of the old whatever the fuck they just be coming up with, and I'm trying to stop cursing, but I just don't understand how people can. <laughs> I just don't this get it. <laughs> Andrew Benatendi signing act like it's something of significance, but anyway, you gotta like Nico Horner then. If you like Andrew Benatendi, I mean, it's kind of pretty similar. Both like power. Now that Nico's playing second base, I love him. Playing yeah, shortstop, I mean, fuck no. But both like power, but. Nico can hit around 300 or whatever the case may be. A very solid defender. So, I think it helps the Cubs. Like, in baseball, you just can't... You have to look at how it affects the entire roster. So, with the Cubs, their defense just got a lot, lot better just off that one move. Because now, 
You have Nico, who was probably, I mean, he was a good defensive shortstop, but now he's going to be even better as far as uh, at second base. And then you got Dansby. So I think it helps him, man. It fills a hole. And, and also, fills a need. So it was a solid move. And, and staying on track with what you said with looking how it affects the whole team. It gets Nick Magical bum ass off the field. Ain't that that's some shit? Got his got his got got his whack ass off. He not trade. getting no meaningful play. They should trade him back to the White Sox. We need yeah. a second baseman. Y'all need him actually. Yeah. We don't need shit. Y'all need him. He they ain't been. Y'all ain't been right since you left. Yeah, bro. We ain't been right since he left. Y'all ain't been shit since he got there. What are we talking about? We haven't yeah. been right since he left. He's absolutely right about that. Talking about the talking about Nick, the Mag- Nick Magical ain't been right since he left. I understand. I understand, Asinine. I understand. But talking about the Cubs this long has really pissed me off. Now, let's segue to a team with World Series aspirations. A team with... Like last know, year? Yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Anyway, uh, Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, Luis Robert. That's how I want P- Pedro Griefold to line the one, two, three up in the lineup. So you want you want Tim Anderson to bat one, Vaughn to bat two, Robert to bat three, yep, Eloy to bat four. I'm guessing. Yeah. So according to Asinine, Eloy is the best hitter, but you want him to get the least at bats out of Vaughn. He's the only Robert. power. He's the only power hitter until further notice. So it doesn't matter. You was applauding. You got to be the one cleaning it up. You was applauding the Phillies batting. Was it Swerver one or whatever the case may be? Yeah, They also had Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos behind it. Yeah, but they was two JT and three, Real right? Or however, they, however they put it up. I'm just they saying. They had power elsewhere to supplement uh, leaving yeah, him at yeah. once, which really didn't matter. I, I'm not a fan of giving your so-called best hitter the least at bats out of How's he get the least at bats if he's he's batting, batting four? The guy that's hitting he's 300. batting four. So I don't, is 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 just the fact that those guys that's batting in the one slot, two slot, and three slot are going to get more abs than Eloy. It's just how it works. The lower you bat in the lineup, the less abs you get. This is common sense. Look, look if 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 Luis and Vaughn can show the power that I think they have, then Vaughn is not is showing slot, no power. Hell yeah, slot slide Eloy into three immediately. Vaughn is not showing no power. How many home runs do you see next year from Andrew Vaughn, uh, Mac? 20 to maybe 25. You wouldn't wouldn't like that out of your number two hitter? I'm from no first baseman. No, I don't like him in the two spot. I don't don't care what anybody thinks. He's not a two hitter. He's not. What are you talking about? He played. He was he's the best two hitter two on the hole. literally perfect for the two. No, he's not he hits for average and he can hit for power. What is hitting he for average? Keeps his front shoulder closed. He can go the other way. He hits line drives. The man has a, the man has a two seventy one batting average. Are we finna? Are we finna act and like a three twenty one on first, base for the first? And he slugged like like twenty nine. Come on, please. Fits? Please. For the first four fifths of the season, until he got hurt and then came back and then started slumping, he wasn't hitting between two eighty five and three hundred that whole fucking time. What does his end of the season number say? 
and he hit seventeen. Before he got hurt and then came back and started slumping when he clearly lost his end, rhythm. He was hitting between two eighty five and three hundred the whole time. I guess we are not gonna answer that question. No. <laughs> no, batting, we're hey, not. Batting in the two spot, this is what he gave. And two seventy for a two hitter. This is, is what he great. gave you batting, This is what he gave you batting in the two spot. Two sixty seven batting average. 319 on base percentage, a 407 slug, a 725 OPS, please. No. 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 Who do you want batting to? Shane. Who do you want batting to? Shane. Shane. I, Luis Rodriguez. Who do you want Who'll batting be my to? my two guy. He swing, he's, he's too much of a straight free swinger to bat two. You already I got one bat. You already have the, TA. What? Hold on. This is why. This, this is why. This is why. This is why you can't have Luis bat two. That is going to lead to a lot of three and four pitch innings because you got Tim who's looking to swing at the first pitch every fucking time, and you got Luis Run doing the, the same Run fucking D. thing. Here we go. Preach. Run the pitch encounter. Is Luis doing the same fucking thing? It's gonna Y'all lead just, to a bunch of, like nah. You just said you just said you know we were talking about Tim and he's a he's a what was he he was up to like three sixty at one point last year right Ben. I mean, it dipped down because he hurt his wrist or whatever it was. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't think I have any problem with Tim getting on base. I think Tim will get on base, and I think Larissa Robert will get on base. That's arguably your two best base runners, and then you have your, your guys coming up after him. I don't see why why y'all don't like that. A thousand percent. Those two are our two best base runners, but it's going Luis to lead Robert. to ridiculously quick innings. We're not going to work pitchers that will. is one of your smartest base. He's probably one of the smartest base runners in the league. But anyway, here go Luis Robert batting in two spot. 284, 318, 451, 769 OPS. He's better than Vaughn. In Agreed. He's a better league. player than Vaughn, but he's not better. Nah, in the, hold on. He's let not me, better let fit let for the two. Let me tell you holes. this, though. Now I'm going to tell you this. In the three spot. In the fourth spot, I will bat him as well. This is his number in the fourth spot. 364, 432, 45, 917. In the three spot, 309, 343, 471, 813. All very, very solid. But I wouldn't put Vaughn in the two spot. I'll put Elo in the two spot then. And then I I'm have telling, Vaughn. I'm telling and then you. I have Vaughn. That. I have Vaughn or Robert. Three and four, however you want to mix them up. Eloy makes more sense. I'll give you Eloy, even though I still want to do it because he's the only power guy on the team. No, it you, don't matter. You, if you do, if you, you do that add, first you could, one, you could, you could be up. You could be up one zero on the first inning or two zero. If on you the first do, inning. if you do that first one, I guarantee you. And you can't do that with Andrew Vaughn at the two spot, even though he's be hit more home runs than Luis Robert. He played in more games than Luis Robert. Um, That's another fault against Vaughn, I guess. Right. Played in more games than Luis Robert. What are you? And he only had five more home runs and way more games. Come on, man, please stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if Luis, if not Luis, if Luis played played whatever amount of games and played, Luis is easily hitting like twenty four, twenty five, something like that. I don't got the numbers. Yeah, something like please. that. But but I guarantee you, you bet Luis too. We're gonna be looking at a lot of games where we're in the fourth inning. And and the pitcher has only thrown twenty five to thirty pitches, because those two niggas is getting out. Because Tim and Luis are both. No, I do out. agree with Asinine about uh, Eloy in the two spot. That that does. You mean you agree sense, with but... Mac? 
Thank you. No, I'm not agreeing with Mac tonight, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to move Eloy out the belly of the beast because that is our only legit power outside of Yasmani Grandal and Yoan Moncada. It's slim. Eloy is here. possibly your best hitter. That's the only thing I agree with Asinine on. And you know what I would want yeah. him to hit? I would want him to hit two or three. And looking at the numbers, instead of putting Vaughn two because he was horrendous in the two spot, I'd rather put Eloy there. And then you You're about have, broke even at the You can have Robert at three or Vaughn at three, Robert at four. It, it wouldn't matter to me. They'll probably put Andrew Benettini five somewhere like that. Grandel six. I'm guessing Yoan Moncada seven. Oscar Colas eight. And probably one of these bum second basemen. Romy Gonzalez, yeah, who's still um, better than Nick fucking Madrigal. Probably bat nine. He's a bum. We'll see. We'll see if he Mac, can you, Mac, you've been, you been uh, talking a lot about Oscar Colas. Mm-hmm. I guess White Sox Twitter didn't got you geared up and ready for the uh, Coca-Cola at the rate this season. Mm, that's lame. Who came up with that? Thank you. I just came up with it now. Well, you're lame. I'm uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You shouldn't have even said that. Like, I hope I hope Oscar <sighs> Colas don't get a fucking at-bat this year. Just sorry. I mean... You know what? But I expect that from you. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna address something because there's no flood. I'm so I'm gonna address it. I think it's lame as hell to pay for a blue check mark. I really do. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna be honest. I think people who play for a blue check mark got huge ego problems. And the sad part about it, because I'm a light skinned brother, it seems like it's more of us light skinned people that's playing for the blue check mark. I mean. It's just ridiculous. You know what I mean? It, it really is, man. I mean, I, I don't know. Y'all flodging. So stop fucking flodging. If you want a blue check mark so bad, go out there and earn it. Go be important. Yeah, do something special. You know what I mean? Like, really. I know it's only $8, but still, that's just it's fucking ridiculous, bro. I'm just going to be honest about that. Now that I said that, the what you say? Cola Colas, <laughs> whatever. Coca Cola, Coca Cola, whatever. Yeah, Hell no. Nah. I hope they don't use it. <laughs> I hope they don't use that. But he's the best prospect in the system, if you ask me. Uh, he got he got the power. I know everybody loves Coastal Montgomery. He's younger. I think he's what twenty. He plays shortstop, so that's why he ranked higher than Oscar Colas. But if you ask me, as far as we know can probably be an MLB player or very likely to be an MLB player is Oscar Colas. And to me, his upside is even higher than Costa Montgomery, if you ask me. That's just the truth. Uh, he has a cannon for an arm. He has power. Uh, his defense is very solid, especially in right field. So... What more could you ask for? I'm I'm actually not mad at the White Sox for if they're going to start him in right field to begin the season with. It, to me, that's not a bad idea. Now, it's what's not. a terrible idea is starting Romy or what's that other kid who people was talking about was a was a stud. What was his name? Lenin Sosa. Yeah, Lenin Sosa. Yeah, <laughs> Sosa. Like that's the horrible idea. Like the White Sox, to me, they should have went out and got. Uh, Jury for what eight eight and a half mil I think it was he got paid seventeen mil for two years they should have went out and got him to play second base for two years for eight and a half million that would have been a better option if you ask me and then you could have had one of those guys on, as your uh, one of your bench players you know what I mean they could have been your 
you know, infield option to go along with Garcia, who can also play the outfield and uh, in the infield, who's like a super utility guy. And then you have Sheets that can play two of the corner outfield positions. And then I'm guessing they re-signed White Sox favorite, Billy Hamilton, who gave a couple of shout-outs on Twitter, so everybody's excited about that. You know what I mean? I don't know why, but whatever. Uh, it's White I mean, Sox Twitter. Both are bad ideas, but for different reasons. One is for, because even though I love Romy Gonzalez, I like the guy. He's a backup player. But for Colas, it's, he's played three games. He's played, no, no, I looked at it. He played seven games of AAA. You don't make that jump unless you're a superstar. You don't make that jump. Like, like I keep saying, the last guy to do that was Juan fucking Soto. Last guy to do that and be successful was Juan Soto. He didn't play a game at AAA. You got to be a star to do that. It's so much different to just go from pretty much double A straight to the big league. And that's what I mean by people like, not. Give them some time to cook at AAA real quick before you throw them up. You can't. You gonna ruin that. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna be honest. This is what I mean by people not. And you're not gonna get it right all the time because I'm be honest. I thought Jared uh, Jerry Kelnick was that dude. I really did, but I was absolutely wrong on that. But I still think at the time the White Sox should have drafted him. This is what you have to look at. Oscar Cole has missed two years of baseball. Like he said out, two years or a year and a half, something to that extent. This guy comes into the minor leagues. He, I wouldn't even call it struggling, but he didn't get off to the start. Everybody thought he should when he started at, what, high eight, which was – Winston-Salem, the dash. But then he goes to double-A, which we know, any White Sox fan know, double-A, Birmingham is where prospects go to die. It's very tough for them to smash with, with the Barons. I don't, the stadium or whatever, I don't know the dimensions of it, but it's difficult for them to smash, you know, at, 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 the, uh, at Birmingham. He smashed. He dominated. Really, honestly, when you go look at the numbers. He dominated double-A. That's after missing a year and a half, two years of baseball. And then the seven games he played at triple-A wasn't bad either. I think you kind of seen what you needed to see because there's not too many guys that can take two years off baseball and come in and do what he did his minor league season. Like His minor league season was very, 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 Impressive, and I think people were selling that guy short. It's it's a nobody's reason. selling him short. We just understand what big league pitching is. It's when a, you're when you're when you're going into series and having to see Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, and then out of that bullpen, James Kiernan and Emmanuel Classe. Like it's much different than the fucking whack bums you're gonna see in double and triple A. Like it's levels to this shit. There's a reason. Like. It's not nobody's selling him short. We it is. It is. I agree with you. One hundred good the big league pitching is. I agree with you. One hundred percent is levels to this. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. With you on that, bro. But this man. This man had a three fourteen batting average, a three seventy one on base percentage, a five twenty four slug, and an eight ninety five OPS. I would. I would like to see his OPS actually in the nine hundred with that type of season. But he didn't. Ha- it, it wasn't there. He didn't have it, and the strikeouts a little scary. I mean, he had 
481 and bat struck out like 120. So that's up there a little bit. But, dude, there's no denying what this man did. He, he crushed it. And it's a reason why before he took those two years off to get his uh, status straight as far as citizenship, a lot of teams was after this guy. He was considered the number one international prospect for year in and year out. It's a reason for that. That kid has a, 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 an elite skill set. And I think people knocking him because he's 24 now. Soon. I don't a think so. Percent. It's just too soon. He's 24, bro. What you and want look, them to wait till he's 25? No, just give him 20, 30 36. games at AAA to make sure it's for real. Bro, those 20, 30 games ain't going to help him at AAA. I'd rather him face I'm those 20, 30 games in the major league. Like, people forget AAA is really like lifetime minor league players. Who or motherfuckers career that's minor league players and people Ooh. that bounce back from the major leagues to the minor leagues, bro. That's what AAA is. Like your to me, the toughest uh, minor leagues is Double A. That's what most of your top top prospects are. And he crushed that, crushed it. It's nothing more you really need to see. You think uh, Mac? Let's just say, you know, hypothetically speaking. Oh, um, let me say this and then ask you a question, Justin. And this this is what I mean people have to pay attention to. If you look at this kid, this is why I say, I mean, you only could get certain videos. But you look at the kid from when he was playing over there in Japan, he, he, he worked out a lot. When you look at the kid, what he was doing as far as Cuba, he worked out a lot. When you look at what the kid is doing in America, he's working out a lot. When you look at his body, the transformation of his body from when he was in Japan to where it is now, they tell you that kid is putting in work. The season ended, he started working. That lets me know all I need to know about Oscar Colas. Now, a lot of people don't believe in that type of stuff. They don't believe in hard work, dedication to the game, mentality. I believe in that, and I think that kid is going to be I don't want to say special, but he's going to be a solid major league player just because of that. I mean, you got to get that kid his just due. When you look at the work ethic plus the talent, and there's no doubt this kid got talent. I think people said the White Sox was, you know, doing this little rookie workout or whatever. They had him in center field too. Like, so the kid has some athleticism as well, and people selling him short as far as that go, and he has a cannon for arm. And the power is there. He, he was crushing the baseball. And if you look at his, you lo, you love looking at hitting ass. Now you go look at his videos, his BP videos. I'm going to be honest, very impressive. Moncada's impressive in BP. Moncada ain't been impressive in nothing to me, but okay. We hear the stories Moncada be hitting balls 400 feet in BP. Oh, my God. Yep, the and they can't get the ball out of the infield once the game starts. And you probably heard that from the same people who be trying to drink his breast milk. Yeah. Justin and them? Probably. Yeah. I fucking hate bad guy radio. I hate <laughs> all you black some of my bitches on the mic tonight. Uh, but Mac, you was talking about Oscar Cola's work ethic and you was leading me into my next question. Hypothetically speaking, Cola's hit a rough patch. Let's say the strikeouts are starting to mount. You know, he get into one of those funks. Is he a player that where you could rely on his work ethic to fix him? I think so. But the thing about baseball, you 
You never know, man. Because baseball is a very, very mentally tough sport. I believe to me, to me, baseball is probably the most mentally tough sport anybody has to deal with. Because really, you're gonna fail more than you succeed. Everybody knows that. So you have to be tough mentally to play baseball because you're gonna fail an awful lot. Think about it. A Hall of Famer in baseball fails seventy percent of the time. 70% of the time, this guy is failing, not even getting on base. That's a lot to know that you're not going to be successful majority of your career. You know what I mean? If, if if you look at it the right way. So you never know until a person get in that situation. Because I done seen people who I thought was tough in baseball, and they start failing, and they fade away because they can't handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like... Leo Green, we talked about it with not- people. We've yeah. seen him go through that, though. I'd like to remind y'all of the story that came out early when he first got here of him throwing a temper tantrum in the minor leagues. Are we finna forget that? Well, I think Whenever the temper tantrum here, was... was slumping and he threw a fucking temper tantrum. I think it was about, I think they said it was about him not moving up fast enough in the system. I think he was, he was, it was something about he was frustra- frustrated about that. Like I said, you never know. About how mentally tough these guys is until they make it to the MLB level, because and some in the minor league as well. Because you got to think, all these guys who get drafted, even your worst, the the worst player, the last player to get drafted in the draft, as far as the MLB go, all these guys were studs at their college. They were studs in travel ball. They were studs in little league. Most of these guys have never faced any type of failure or adversity in their young careers. So it's just like when you think about Gordon Beckham, right? It was an article wrote about Gordon Beckham. They asked Gordon Beckham, (coughs) why, what happened in the major leagues? He said, I've never faced failure before until I made it to the major league. He said, in youth baseball, I was the best player. In travel baseball, I was the best player. In college, I was the best player. In the minor leagues, I was the best player. When I made it to the major leagues, that was the first time I've ever faced consistent failure and adversity, and I didn't know how to handle it. So you won't really know can any of these guys handle that type of failure consistently until they get to that level because most of these guys were studs most of their career. So you got to think, if you've been a stud all your life and you finally start to face failure, that's when we're going to know where your mental toughness is really, really at. You know what I mean? And we won't know until they get to that level. So I can't tell you what this guy going to do. But do I think he's mentally tough? Yeah, I do. I think he has that in him. But we won't know until he reaches the major leagues. Can I ask a question? Go ahead. Sure. And this is this is, this is is no flaws, right? So I'm just going to pose this question because one of the problems with the White Sox, from an outsider looking in, and I'm around you guys, so I hear y'all talk about it as a lack of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Lack of leadership in the clubhouse, whether it be some people pointing at management, uh, upper management, some people pointing at the players not not being leaders, mm-hmm. right, and, and helping one another along. I, I'm, I'm just looking at it from, from an outsider's perspective, and I know we had Christopher Morrell come up, right? A lot of people didn't want him to come up right away, but he came up, he caught fire right away. Then he went through a little slump where he couldn't hit a curveball for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And strikeouts started to pile up. But we had Wilson Contreras, 
which I'm pissed off that we let go. But we had him, and he was able to kind of help that kid through it, right? Mm. Who's going to be that person in y'all's locker room? Because you got a new manager coming in, right? Do you trust that he's going to be that? Or is there somebody else? I mean, Jose Abreu was gone. People said he wasn't really a leader anyway. So who's stepping up? Who's going to help this kid? If you have him come up, and it's inevitable that he will struggle at some point, who's going to help you through it? Well, that's a good question. And I'm going to be honest. I think it's T.A., and I'll tell you why. And these are just off all article reports. Like, I have no inside information or anything like that. This is just off based off stories I've read in articles. When you look at guys like D. Goodwin, these are veterans. They were in the league, I believe, longer than Tim Anderson. And they said when they got to the White Sox, who helped them was Tim Anderson. Billy Hamilton, the same thing. Tim Anderson helped him. When you Jake Berger said the same thing. Tim Anderson helped him. And I think the reason being is because Tim Anderson, when he made it to the major leagues in 2016, and I hate to say this, this is kind of knock on Jose Abreu a little bit. He said he had nobody in the White Sox locker room to show him how to be a professional baseball player. He had to learn that on his own. He had to go through all these struggles on his own. Nobody really embraced him or accepted him and taught him how to be a pro. So I think, because Tim Anderson faced that, that's now why he's taking it upon himself to, uh, you know, help other guys. I think the problem with the White Sox when it comes to leadership is more about discipline. I think that's the issue, not helping guys as far as batting or getting out of slumps. I think it's the discipline part that's bad for the White Sox. I don't think they're a very good disciplined team, and a lot of that start. From top to bottom. Now, well, let me ask. Let me ask you this: uh, How many players in the in the White Sox uniform play? Like, not counting the pitchers, of course. But I'm saying guys that have spent time, little league, pony league, or whatever, going up through the ranks. Like we talking about TA. That's a that's a that's a life of baseball etiquette that he hasn't seen. You know what I'm saying? So, it, I think with the White Sox is how many guys were just bred to play baseball well i mean most of them i mean majority of the white Sox team is latin and let's just be honest like that's really becoming you know baseball is really becoming you know a, a very uh that's like almost becoming more important to soccer but, but i'm you saying, know, in, I'm in saying the latin the, playing the sport ain't the ain't the issue mac it's the it's the the social aspect of baseball that's missing from the White Sox, like that, the, the leadership. We got motherfuckers that's been in in the organization for ten years that aren't leaders. What well, is it when you talk about leaders? You have to understand, like some guys are just not vocal. They expect people to follow what they do. The problem with the White Sox is, like with Ozzy, I give you, I use Ozzy again as an example. Ozzy again didn't expect the players. To necessarily be leaders, even though he had some. I think a lot of people be shocked to know like Carl Everett was a leader on that on that 2005 White Sox team. He got a lot of people in order. But Ozzy wouldn't hesitate to discipline somebody when necessary. And he did it immediately. And he didn't care if it was in private or out in the open. Just like when he told that young pitcher, I forget who it was. 
to being somebody, he didn't do it. Before the game was over, he had been sitting down. <laughs> like it was all, it was already in the newspaper. He's that kid going back to the the, the minor uh leagues. I think when it comes to discipline, it starts at the top. It really does, in my opinion. Like that starts with your manager getting in people behinds immediately if they don't do what they supposed to do. Now, can some players take that under their belt? Sure, but it has to start with the manager. The manager has to have to instill that in them players. And that's the problem with the White Sox. Now, you know, Mac, I I spoke about this, I believe, early, like May, June. I said this team, you know, lacks leadership. And um, we had a discussion. I said, and everybody wants to put the blame on the guy. They want to put it on Tim. Cut, clear, coat. You know, it is what it is. And I'm like, you can't expect that guy to, to, to necessarily want that burden. And he know, like, oh, man, I got this bum over here to the right of me that's making what my whole contract was worth in one year. And then I got another guy that, that barely talked to me since I've been here, and, and y'all want to put all this weight on on my shoulders. So it, it was it was a divide. Now that now that uh, Abreu's gone, people were mad how Tim reacted to it. You you can't tell a guy how to react. You wasn't there. You don't know what they went through. You don't know what 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 happened. You don't understand if uh, like Tim said, like you know Justin referred like all. Oh, don't they know how to play baseball? Yeah, but it's a difference. It's a courtesy. Like, whatever profession you are, you know how to do it when you get in there. That's why they hired you. But as far as teaching someone the professionalism and how to do that at a professional level, that's needed. Yeah, nobody taught the man that's, how to that's do that. Needed. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm so tired of baseball illiterate people discussing Tim Anderson. Because you're talking about a guy who didn't touch a bat consistently until he was in 11th grade. If you know how baseball works, if you're dealing with baseball in your community or you're dealing with baseball at any level, then you know what these kids go through to make it to that level. You're literally talking about kids are getting private lessons. Their parents are paying $50 for a half hour, sometimes even more than that, to work with an ex-professional player at eight years old. They're learning how to be shortstops at eight years old, and they're not moving off of that position. They're learning. They're taking 1,000 ground balls a day, some of these kids, at eight years old. They got strength and conditioning coaches at eight years old. They got hitting coaches. At eight years old, they're working with professional players at eight years old. They're going to camps at eight years old. T.A. had none of that. That show you how special that dude is. He didn't start taking baseball serious until the 11th grade. So his junior year of high school. That's why he wasn't on anybody's map to be drafted out of high school. And he didn't get one D1 scholarship offer. He went to some community college. And within three years, 
He made himself a first round pick. So in five years of baseball, this man became a first round pick. So what do that tell you about T.A.? This is why I say people stupid because they don't look at the obvious. They tell you this man, not only is God given talent, they tell you what type of work ethic this dude has. Period. That's God given talent, man. That's that's from the mud, and like that's what's wrong with sports now. We so used to watching this synthetic, this synthetic talent, and um, used to be able to tell synthetic talent because they'd get burnt out because it was taught with a winning mentality. Now they don't teach you with winning mentalities. They just want you to have the most stats, so you can't really burn out. Like, I'm, hey, just go be the best and make the money. Fuck the game, fuck the craft, fuck whatever you're doing it for. Just do it for the money, and it's an it's an investment. It's a return. Yeah, it's coach. Uh, to me, it's refreshing seeing players like Tim. Man, I, I love seeing that. Yeah, his his coach told everyone what type of work ethic he had. Like this guy gonna be the best player. I I I, I mean, <laughs> the scouting report on Tim Anderson, if you go read it, says it all. And you have idiots out here doubting this man. Like, just go read the scouting report on this dude. And I, I believe it was a, a Seattle, to make it easier for people to search, it was a Seattle scout who put that scouting report on. Like, go read it. it it's amazing. Tim Anderson is really... Go ahead, answer now. To straight back to the original question posed by Dan, uh, I'm going to say, and I'm going to go away from the obvious answer, which is clearly Tim. He's the number one. But Ben Intendi, whenever whenever um, Vinny P came up, Vinny Pasquantino, uh, Bobby Witt came up, all of, all of those guys had interviews, and they both got asked the same question. Who helped you when you came up? And they both said Ben Intendi. So... So I'm going to put him in there as a dark horse for the guy that could help the Colossus if he comes up and struggles or Vaughn if he struggles at some point, et cetera. So put that in there too. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to be quite honest with you, I'm not worried about the, the, the White Sox locker room culture because this is the first time in a long time we starting off with a fresh slate, you know, with Jose out of there. Um, I think that the vibes would be better if motherfuckers just play better, to be honest. Like, as long as we clean up the fundamentals of the game, all of the other social hysterics will be out the window because you'll be focused on, you know, just the task at hand. We live in a generation to where athletes now aren't allowed to just focus at the task at hand. That's why you got all these media asking these weird ass questions at the press conference because they want to take advantage of the distracted. And hopefully with uh, with us turning another calendar and the roster looking fairly different, maybe people could get back on track. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm just kind of stand. That's what White Sox fans hoping. They hoping that guys who had down so-called down seasons can get back to some. Um, you know, 
them normal sales, and then by that, the White Sox would be better. But I just think the White Sox are so thin. Like, they have no no depth whatsoever. I mean, you look at the outfield, <laughs> you got Garcia, who's a, you know, can come off the bench, and then you got Gavin Sheets because – more than likely, if Oscar Colas is going to be the right fielder, that means Eloy is going to be the full-time DH, which uh, Asinine to be happy about because that's what Asinine want Eloy to be anyway, a full-time DH. So, told you all that months ago. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, it just it depends on, you know, uh, guys staying healthy and guys playing – better than they played last year. And some of that is a lot to ask because guys who played well last, I mean, guys who played well for us last year, they might not play well this year. So you just never know. And the White Sox are depending on a lot of what ifs. And that's never good to have a lot of what ifs if you're trying to be a contending team. You know what I mean? So that's the issue. And then you got to think the Indians are probably going to be better. Uh the Twins, not so much worried about them. The Royals, they have some, uh, <laughs> the Royals, they have some, um, young talent. Just say they got Bobby Witt, man. No, I, I know you're no, trying to exclude them. Bobby Witt. I'm just saying they got some young talent. So, yeah. when you look at it and you got, and you being honest, you got, you got to keep it real and say, hey, man, the White Sox, could very well be a team that don't make the playoffs next year. And that's just the truth. Wow. Just fucking wow. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. This has been probably one of the worst shows I've ever been a part of. Not only did I get fucking chopped down like a tree over me paying fucking $8 to my favorite social media app, the regular Moncada slander. It's like I, I couldn't, I didn't have a friend today on the fucking show well, and then well, i can't you had, late, the, so. uh, you had the fucking audacity to show your fat nasty snacky <laughs> ass on the show late so I need came up, man. right i need an explanation right now hey so i'm gonna i'm gonna give i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little bit of praises justin and you know oh you know everybody on bgi it's some stand-up guys i I love our takes. I like we ain't no yes, man. We actually get to have conversations. You know, it ain't go. you're not going to hear an hour and a half of, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's going to be fuck you, fuck what you're talking about. But let me say this, because I wanted to say this earlier. Um, we win championships when we have a clear leader. Now, everybody knows it's no secret. My favorite White Sox player of all time is Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas was not a clear leader. Um, on those teams in the 90s. He wasn't. Um, Jose Abreu was not a clear leader. Another one of my favorite players. Paul Konerko was a clear leader. Uh, and I'm saying that because you, you could see, as from a fan point, you could see the way the, the team interacts with each other, the way they play on the field. You know when a team has a clear-cut leader. Um, I think it's time for um, Tim to take those reins if he wants them. I don't know with all the disrespect. You know, one of, what should have been one of his best seasons of his career is a high point 
was, you know, cut short by injury, of course. Um, a lot of s- some scandals, a couple injuries, but mostly the hatred from his own fan base. So, you know, hopefully we could get past that as Sox fans and stop hating on a man that ain't doing nothing but put work in, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and let him see what he could do. Let him see where he could take this team. But we need a clear-cut leader, you know, clear-cut, not clear-cut. I'm not painting. But uh, <laughs> we need that leader, man. You doing your fucking nails? No, nah, I'm, I'm stunning. I was eating these ruffles, man. I'm a little cotton mouth right now. Justin, you thought you thought this was a spaces, Justin? You just gonna kick me out like that? You pack me up? Yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, you had the fucking Cubs hat on. So I had to do something for all our listeners out there with straight audio. So he packed you up the Cubs hat on today. Yeah, I got booted somehow, man. Yeah, I'm a That's crazy. I'm a, I'm gonna just say this. White Sides fans who don't like Tim Anderson are idiots. White Sox fans who think Tim Anderson is not currently the best player on the team are idiots. And uh, they're just hating for no reason. You know what I mean? And all they can do is bring up stuff that makes no sense. He bumped the, he bumped the umpire. They act like he was <laughs> Robbie Alamore and he, he, he hocked and spit on the umpire. Something like that. Like, the man bumped the umpire. Okay. It's not really a big deal. And then but, bring- Mac, he gave, he gave the middle finger to heckling fans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shocker. And these are from drunks. Let's be honest. Drunks care about giving somebody the middle finger, and they give people the middle finger all the time and yeah. do worse. Yeah. If anything, I, I thought you know, being from the, I'm from the South Side myself. You know what I mean? I'm a big Cubs fan, but I am from the South Side, and and he reflects, you know, the the attitude, or he mirrors the attitude of South Side. Thank more than he anybody. is the South Side. Thank so you. So I don't understand why people hate on it. Just a lot of people that's not really. From the south side. Let's keep it real. They not. That's, that's it, why, Dan. That's what because it was. Sox fans, from the south side, and you still went up to Boys Town? Most, the majority <laughs> of Sox fans don't like south side mentality. They don't stay on the south side. You know what I'm saying? And they don't, understa- they don't understand south side culture. They have yeah. no idea what the culture is. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how that works. I'm from the south side, that's nine, but I, I went, you know, I became a Cubs fan because my grandfather was a Cubs fan. <laughs> Told people this a long time ago. But, um, you know, he used to, you know, I used to go down there and, and, and chill with him during the summertime. And he would always be watching the Cubs games or we'd go to a Cubs game. And he taught me the history of the Cubs, right? So he was one of those people that was big into, you know, there's black men that play and they have a rich history of, 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 you know, black guys playing for the Cubs and things like that. So he was in it for that. And he, you know, and, and he raised me that way. So not raised me, but when I was around him in the summertime, that's what he, that's what he did. And I took a liking to the Cubs because of that. Shout out to him for turning you up. Yeah, man, that was, a, that was a good story. It was actually pretty good. I, I, I like that yeah, story. I, 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 mean, I, re- I respect the Cubs organization as far as, you know, social history. I know the whole history behind that Dan ain't one. That's why my granny was a Cubs fan. Yeah, that's Shit, the guy they call Mister Cub is a black man, so yeah. it's 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 no it's no secret now which team is you know the racial haters. I'm gonna say that, but let's but let's let's move back to the White Sox because because 
He gonna kick me out again. No, no, I was about to say, as the <laughs> hand of the king, King Mac, we got back into this Cubs positivity shit. Now, I was gonna, I was gonna eject Andre and Dan if you was gonna give me the green light. I swear to God on my life. I was, uh, why was you know, it was a, it, it was a, I, I don't mind people telling how they became a fan of a team. Nothing wrong with that. It actually was, come a, on, dog. Actually was a positive <laughs> story. And to be honest, most, uh, older black folk at that time, Cheer for the Cubs for that exact reason, you know. Though, so I, I don't have a problem with that story. As a matter of fact, even though I'm, I'm a, I hate the Cubs. I have disdain for them, and like I said, I would piss on their grave. Literally, I would do it. Yeah, I can't stand the Cubs. Yeah, but can't stand that was a positive Cubs story. So we are in no fly on that note. And with that being said, back at radio out.